Hi, I'm Nicole Hurd, and welcome to my podcast. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to be inspired. And the good news is, there are a lot of inspiring people associated with the College Advising Corps. Over the coming weeks and months, I will have the honor of introducing you to them. People who believe in hope, people who believe in opportunity, people who believe in our beauty, our power, and our potential. People who believe in serving in communities and people who courageously say, I believe in you. And we will also talk about the importance of navigating the path to college. Join me in this journey to be inspired, this journey in a time of challenge to lift and love and dream. Welcome to the Knowledge for College podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Knowledge for College podcast. I have two very special people with me today. Um, As you know, this is the College Advising Course podcast to bring light and love into the world, to bring some practical advice into the world, and to amplify voices. I can't imagine two better voices to amplify than the two gentlemen we have on today. Uh, Real quickly, when I was thinking about how to introduce them and what we want to talk about today, I was thinking about, since we're in election year, when did I get the courage to start using my voice? Uh, these two gentlemen have a lot of courage and use their voice in ways that inspire me. I will tell you, it's been a hard COVID uh, year. And I will tell you, I would not have made it through the summer without David. He was my Zoom partner uh, and kept a lot of light and love going on in my life this summer. Uh, and whenever I feel like I can't do something, I think of Cam because Cam inspires me all the time. So you're about to be two people inspire me. Again, I thought about when I started using my voice, it was in fifth grade. It was before these two gentlemen were born, actually. Uh, 1980 election, I remember this. In my fifth grade class, I had to be one of the two candidates. I will not tell you which one it was, um, but I had to stand up and be that candidate. And I think there were like 30 kids in my class, and I got 29 votes, and I knew that I could use my voice. So this all started uh, in fifth grade for me. (laughs) But I want to ask these two great men, uh, when did they start using their voice? So everybody, uh, welcome to David and Cam, our two Advising Corps family members. Thanks for both of you for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, David, when did you start using your voice? Uh, A pretty similar story in in fourth grade, I think, which was... uh... I don't even know when that was. That would have been 91, 92. Um, we, yeah, my, my teacher, Miss Engeman, I still remember, uh, used to make everybody in the class memorize and recite these poems once a week. So once a week she would like hand out a poem, everybody had to memorize, then everybody had to recite the same poem. Incredible, incredibly useful exercise for my life as it would turn out, but like so boring. And so to listen to 30 kids recite the same poem. Um, and one time I just, I decided I was going to act it out. I didn't, I don't even remember what that meant and I don't remember what poem it was, but I got up and I did something while I was saying it and everybody laughed when I wanted them to laugh. And I was like a very shy kid. Um, and so I don't know what really possessed me to do this, but it was, yeah, it was the most powerful I'd ever felt because like it was, um was cause and effect. Like I wanted a thing to happen and I did this thing and it happened to a bunch of people all at once. And I still remember what that feels like. And that's still, and that's kind of the reason I've been chasing this. I, I, the reason I still do that. <laughs> so Cam, you're an advisor. You're in your second year. It takes a lot of courage to be an advisor. You're, you know, calling, texting families and parents and, and students. When did you start using your voice, Cam? Yeah, and honestly, for me, I feel like that's that's still in development, right? That's still in progress. I think we, we're still trying to find the confidence every day to, to make sure that we can use our voice as much as possible. Um, I think the, the thing that makes me think of the first, one of the first times 
um, I was pretty introverted all the way up, probably until like community college. Um, and I remember in community college, that's really when I started like learning about just issues going on in life. I think for a long time, I was very much in this place of like, you know, you know, I'm just, life is just life. It is just what it is. You know, I haven't been outside of my own community, so I don't really know too much else. Um, and I started to really like learn about like inequities and stuff like that. I think, um, shout out to the Umoja program at DVC. We watched, hey. the, we watched, we watched um, 13th, the, the documentary, and that really didn't come out that long ago, right? And so again, it's, it's, a, it's a development process. But um, me and a group of, of people watched 13th. And from that conversation, we just, we, we all had a circle and we kind of debriefed about the film. And from that conversation came um, the founding of this club called the Men of Color Association at DVC. Um, and so I think for me, that was one of the first times where I was, I kind of went from, you know, what am I doing with my life and kind of very much thinking on this individualistic level to like, what does my community need and what do other folks need um, for us all to succeed? Um, and so I was the vice president of that club, co-founder of that club, and then went on to, to do, you know, more activist-like stuff. Um, throughout my life and, and trying to do the same thing now. So I think that was probably the point um, in, in my life that actually got me probably to where I am today, actually. And so, Cam, that's incredibly inspiring. Look, I'll say, well, I'll use this word for myself, but I think you know all three of us now have confessed we've been introverted. Uh, I was a very shy, awkward kid uh, and did not want to be kind of out there, but then like I said, I got to see people react to this voice, and I thought, wow, I better use this. Um, David, you're at a point now where a lot of people are listening to your voice. So, again, you've got decisions to make about when you use it. You obviously made a decision to join the College of Eisenhower family. How do you think about using your voice now that you know that people are listening? Has it changed at all? It's interesting because it's really interesting hearing Cam talk uh, about sort of his journey with becoming a, a public-facing person and, like, you know, Cam's an activist first and 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 an artist by extension of that, right? Because you, you have to be in order to stand up in front of people and and, uh, and move them. And I'm the other way around. I'm an artist first and happen to have like an activist sensibility in some way or happen to have realized that like some of what I do can be useful f uh, towards activist purposes. And, um, but the, the complication about that is that like my, my voice um, is sort of intimately tied up with my career, and so there are all kinds of. Uh, right now, I'm at a point where I, I I am very fortunate. I'm sort of in rarefied artist era where I can like pick and choose things that I do. I don't have to say yes to anything that hands me a check. The flip side of that is that now it means something when I say yes to something, right? So like, um, so it gets complicated. Um, because I, the the fact that I am supporting something says something. Enough people listen to what I'm saying now that, like, having my voice or name attached to something means something. And I get a lot of offers from a lot of places in that in that in those directions. And some of them are offering tons of money. So it's always like a, a balancing act of like, well, what is it? What am I sacrificing in order to support this thing? What is the thing I'm supporting actually promote? And then what am I what am I getting back from it? And what does that do for my family? Or what does that allow me to do in the future? Something like College Advising Corps is an easy 
yes, because our goals line up so much and because I, um, cause I'm a product of a lot of people who are the same kind of uh, caring, forward thinking, and like encouraging of students that you are, Nicole. So like I, it, it was a really easy thing to get behind an organization that I believe in and they, where I can see all of the good that it's doing. Um, and so though that's, you know, CAC is one of the things that lending my voice to is sort of a no-brainer in, in any way that I, I can be useful because I think the organization is doing great work. And so I only get positive things back from that, right? So, um, so Cam, let's talk about your story and using your voice. Now you're actually actively talking to advisors, talking to families. I know you've got an event this evening with families. What do you want them to hear in this time of disruption? And what do you want them to take away from you as you think about using your voice for this college access work and, and think about advancing opportunity for thousands of young people? Yeah, that's a super deep question. Um, <laughs> I, for me, um, especially you know for parents and students one of the one of the biggest things i try to convey is that you know their student and you know the students themselves they have an enormous amount of potential and i think it's that's because we just don't get that messaging all the time um from a lot of different places and it's actually crazy how much faces will light up or just be surprised when you tell them oh you can go to college or not even necessarily just college but just like you have the potential to do so much because I just don't think that they necessarily hear those things as much right and for parents it's, it's really just it it's great for them to hear like I am here for your student parents or guardians like I am the person who's advocating for them I am the person who's more than just you know somebody who is on they're on my roster. Like I very much care about each one of these students. Um, and so I think, and especially in a time like this, when we're talking about pandemic, we're talking about um, the movement for black lives, when we're talking about just things coming up. Um, and finally, you know, having some kind of, you know, the systems of oppression actually being put to the forefront um, because of all of the backlash that it's actually getting from certain administrations, right? Um, I think that that is very good to hear right now. It's like, okay, there is somebody in my child's life or there's somebody in my life that believes in me and that very much is rooting for me. Um, but it's not only rooting for me, but it's like going to push me to do this thing that I want to do. And it's making me believe I can do. Because they know they have the potential. It's just, are they confident enough to, to continue with it um, and, and to actually go for it? Um, so yeah, that's, that's the messages that I, I, I really want them to hear. Well, Cam, this is why when I think about, when I want to be inspired, I think about you and David, because you both just, um, yeah, like, like the light and love, you can just feel it radiating from, from both of you. And I want to point this out. I do think place matters. I'm a belief, a big, big believer that place matters. And, uh, it's not a coincidence that both of you are from the Bay area. Um, I frankly, um, claim the Bay Area because I was born there and then my parents made the tragic decision to leave. I will claim the Bay whenever I can. But there's something very Bay about both of you in terms of, I think there's a sense of Bay people tend to be brilliant and humble at the same time. Uh, they tend to have this incredible ability to change the world. Um, and 
there's just something to it. There's also a lot of gentrification, a lot of important things going on in the Bay Area. And so, Cam, you know, you're in Antioch doing this advising. David, I know your heart is still very much uh, in the Bay Area. Can you both talk about why this work matters and also what, what the Bay Area, what does place mean to both of you? What does home mean to both of you? David, you want to go first? Yeah, the, I mean... I think that thing that you that I certainly I recognize in Cam. It, the, I, I say this all the time about the Bay Area that there's a um, uh, virtuosity is treated as commonplace. Like that's what I grew up around. I grew up around like people who are still the most incredible like artists and thinkers in the world, as far as I'm concerned. And and it was always just like yeah, that's how you're supposed to be. You know, you're from here. You're. This is what you do. Of course, you're great at it. You. You know, um, I cite a good friend of mine, Ambrose Akinmusiri, all the time. Who's like one, inarguably one of the greatest trumpet players in the world. Won the Monk competition at 29 years old. Like signed a Blue Note. He's now uh, composing for our TV show, actually, which I'm so thrilled about. But like he told me 10 years ago, 15 years ago, maybe I was hanging out with him. I was like. I hope to be as good at anything one day as you are at playing the trumpet. And he said, aim higher. He was like, I'm good at playing the trumpet because I practice playing the trumpet all the time. I'm supposed to be good at this, you know? And that's kind of, that's, that's Bay shit to me. That's like, if, if this is what you do, you should do it great. And so I grew up around a lot of people who did what they did really, really well and didn't expect anything back from that. That's just what you do. And I think that that permeates through everything and that, that, um, so yeah, that that sense of place for me is is a really important one. And what's interesting about it in response to gentrification is the it becomes sort of a memory play, right? Like the Oakland that I grew up in doesn't exist anymore except in my head, um, but it's so important in my head. And there's a set of core values that exist that exude from it that I think a lot of us of my generation are are hoping to figure out ways to pump back into the Oakland that exists now to kind of recreate um, at least the energy and spirit and like feeling of protection that that the Oakland we grew up in offered. And um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm mostly interested to hear kind of how Cam thinks about this as someone a little bit younger than me. And also the, you know, the way that communities have played out in the Bay Area, Antioch is like, I don't know where your peoples are from, Cam, but like everybody I know in Antioch used to live in Oakland. <laughs> so That's like, how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because you end up moving out to the outskirts. So, um, so yeah, so now those communities that we didn't we didn't go out to very much, like that actually is where the where the the cultural centers are and where it's sort of the heart of this kind of Bay Area that I grew up in is now moved out to to places like Antioch. Yeah, definitely. And I can definitely attest to that. I grew up, you know, in the flatlands of Oakland. I grew up in East Oakland, um, before moving out right there in two thousand and eight when so many other people came out to Antioch, right? And I think just to kind of go back to, to Nicole's point, I just think and to both of your points, really, like, it's so much genuine, but so much unapologeticness that comes with this. And that's something that I will always embody. Like, you know, there's a very much a balance between, like, living this, quote, unquote, professional lifestyle, but also, like, maintaining yourself and people knowing, like, yeah, he's, he's from Oakland. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's something that people are always going to feel um, because of that unapologeticness 
but also trying to be as genuine as possible and just like, you know, help as many people as possible. That's the legacy of Oakland is that I think, um, and the Bay area really. And so it's, it's crazy to me because, you know, I have so many friends out here and, you know, I grew up with so many people out here, grandmas, my grandma still lives in Oakland. My, you know, we have people out there, um, but Antioch and, and Pittsburgh and those kinds of things are very much starting to look at like what old Oakland, what old Richmond um, look like. Um, but nevertheless, I think, you know, like, like, like Devi said, those things don't leave you. Um, those things don't leave your parents, you know, those things don't leave the people around you. Um, so it's a legacy that you, that you, that you carry, but it's also a legacy that you put into your work. And I'm sure, you know, we see that every day with David as an artist, right? Like he's, he's super unapologetic about like where I am from, you're going to know where I'm from, right? I'm the same way. Like, you know, you're going to know exactly, and I do that with my students. You're going to know exactly where I come from and you know, the communities I come from because professionalism to me, that's, I put that to the side because at the end of the day, it's a real connection. And you need to know where I'm from in order for us to connect because you need to know that I've been where you've been. I am you really in reality, right? Um, so I think that plays a part in our lives and our work and those things aren't separated. They're very much the same thing. And I think I'm just gonna piggyback on that right quick. That's super important, I, th I think for young people. It was for me, and I find this in, in the work I do with young people too, like an acknowledgement and a, and a deep desire to understand where they are from and to val and to value that um because your world especially if you're you know we couldn't afford to go on like long family trips or vacations or anything when i was kissing my world was relatively small till i started running track i never traveled really outside of the bay area and so i think um valuing a place that you are from is 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 super important and the thing about the bay area is like i i you know, like all the all the rappers who I admired were from the city, the same city that I lived in, and I didn't know that they weren't as famous as everybody else because there was like this support. You know what I'm saying? So I would I was totally starstruck trying to talk to the gift of gab in Amoeba Records every Tuesday because he was also at the record store every Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? There there's this. I didn't know that that guy wasn't as famous as Jay Z. He couldn't tell me that. Like that. You know, I listened to his music way more. So there is this, um, and I think it's it's important, especially, I know Cam, you've got a, a lot of like great artists at your school too. I know this because I've been watching the dailies and stuff and supporting those scenes, those kinds of creative movements that take place from a young age in a particular place and honoring those as if they are the, the biggest thing in the world. I, I find that kind of thing really important and particularly for young people because you have to value the beginnings of it. It's the only way. I was talking to Ethan Hawke the other day uh, and he, he's been famous for a long time, right? You know, like, um, and he was talking about some of the mistakes he made when he was younger, when he was like 18 and, and in the public eye. Um, and we were talking about this sort of necessary hubris in a certain way as a as a young person doing whatever you're doing um you you're only going to keep doing it if you get some sort of positive reinforcement for it and if you like think that it at least has the potential to be really great 
whatever that is. And so I, f I find it really important to encourage that for young people. Like the, it, whether or not it's great right now, the potential for greatness is there and that's what keeps you going. And then a few years later, you'll get the, you know, you can, you can add in the humility that comes along with that. The world is, has no problem crushing your dreams. <laughs> we don't we don't need to assist in that the actual more difficult thing is to realize that like the dream is what keeps you working at the thing and that's what actually makes you great at the thing right <laughs> uh part of this podcast is to to give advice to students and advisors and lift them up uh and so david and cam as we get to short on time here let's talk about what's the one thing you want 2020 has been a difficult year what's the one thing that you would say to a student right now or to an advisor right now to lift them up Oof. Um, I would say that the uh, the your your success in in making it through this moment is um, it's going to put a ton of perspective on things later in life. Um, this is I don't it, it is unprecedented what we're going through. I think, and I wouldn't. Everything's going to be different after it. But because of your unique positioning in it, being a student right now, being someone who is sort of trying to figure things out and coming into their own right now, you're actually going to be more equipped to deal with the future than I think the rest of us are. Um, because you're that's what that's what this time in your life is. It is about developing tools for the future. Like I've already developed my tools and they are irrelevant for the moment that we're in. Whereas um, you're creating a brand new toolbox in a way that we haven't we haven't seen before. So, you know, the I think, I hope you are encouraged by that. It sounds exhausting, but you know, the flip of that is that really those of us who are older are going to be turning to you for advice, I think, if we're smart. Um, we're gonna be looking to you to tell us how to really navigate the future of things because we didn't learn how to, we didn't come up in this time, we didn't know how to deal with it, and you did. Um, so I would just, I'm a big, uh, metacognition is a term I learned in college. That's a very Brown University ass term that is not really worth getting into, but think about what you're thinking. Um, pay attention to the different ways that you are thinking right now and, and sort of just take, take note of them because that is, uh, I, I, I'm going to be mining them from you in the near future. Like I, I need to know how you think right now. It's important. Yeah, and, and I'll piggyback off of that just saying, you know, um, perseverance right now is definitely what we all wanna see. I think, um, you know, getting, like, like David said, getting through this moment is going to really, if you can get through this right now, you're gonna be able to get through anything. Um, at the same time, I also, want to give the message of take care of yourself like do not fall into this capitalistic thing of like i have to be grinding all the time i have to you know like always be working i have to be ultra productive please take care of yourselves because um what we are going through right now is not normal um and so as long as you can get through the day um as long as you can get through the week and be okay um, then that is okay. Um, everything else after that comes second. That does not mean that those things don't have consequences, of course, as an advisor um, and as a person um, and as a person of color and, you know, everything. I, I want to tell everybody, you know, like, do the best that you can because we're already in this place of, you know, it's already harder. You know what I'm saying? It's already harder for people like us. 
um, for young people, for people of color, et cetera. But at the same time, I cannot say, you know, don't take care of yourself. And if, you know, if, if doing ultra productiveness means you're not taking care of yourself, that's, that's second, you're human first. Um, so do as much as you can. Um, and, you know, after that, we'll, we'll, we'll get it all later. Uh, 2021, 2022, we'll, we'll, we'll make up for it, hopefully. But just take care of yourself right now and get through, get through the year, get through these times. Cam, that was beautiful. Um, you know, let me let me just close by saying this is why I want everybody to, to spend some time with the two of you. Um, you know, one way to get through this um, is self-care. The other is just to, to rely on each other, right, to lean on each other. Uh, I will confess that David's phone will show you that I lean on him way too much because I'm blowing up his phone all the time. But <laughs> but uh, but no, and look at it. Uh, and Cam, I mean, again, you're one of those people that keeps me going. So um, I'm glad that the rest of the, the, the podcast world, the rest of the College of Rising Color world gets to spend some time with the two of you because you two are the reason why I do what I do. So thank you for the light and love you bring. Thank you for spending some time on this podcast. Uh, any any final goodbye you want to say as we as we wind down here? Thank you everybody for listening, um, students and advisors. Keep keep doing the thing. It's the it's really it inspires me, um, and we need you out there. So thank you, as always. Just thank you and Cam in particular. Thank you. Um, it's it's uh, it's incredible watching your work from afar. I think like I it, you know. I, I think you know because you keep doing it, but the, the, the real world like difference that you're making in the lives of a lot of people is, is, is uh, it's really inspirational. And I just thank, thank you for doing it and for putting on for the Bay and for you know, helping, helping keep our kids safe. <laughs> Most definitely, thank you, thank you. I appreciate all y'all do. Um, and I appreciate all my advisors out there, all my students, like I said, keep pushing. Keep pushing through these times, we'll get through them together. All right. Well, until next time, uh, thank you both so much. Please follow us and please check us out at collegeadvisingcore.org. Thank you for spending some time with us. I hope you've left inspired and ready to serve. For more information about College Advising Corps, please visit collegeadvisingcore.org. And until next time, we believe in you.